Hi, Tilly here. What a surprise on Tilly's Trans Tuesdays, right? Gotta keep you on your toes. I just wanted to let you know that the show will be off for two weeks on a brief hiatus while Susan and I attend San Diego Comic-Con. We are right now very busy prepping to go and then we will be there. And then if you've been, you know, there's recovery time involved for sure. But we will be back on August 8th. So you can mark that down. You will have your next episode of Tilly's Trans Tuesdays then. And... If you would like to come see me at San Diego Comic-Con, if you will be there, here's my schedule. On Thursday, July 20th, I will be signing my book, Begin Transmission the Trans Allegories of the Matrix, from 10 to 11 a.m. at Prism Comics booth 2144. Later that night, I will be on a panel telling our stories making LGBTQIA comic anthologies from 5 to 6 p.m. in room 9. On Friday, July 21st, I will be signing Begin Transmission from 1 to 2 p.m. at Geekscape booth 3919. On Saturday, July 22nd, I will be signing Begin Transmission from 10 to 11 a.m. at the Prism Comics booth 2144, and I will be on a panel when pop culture faves become problematic, 7 to 8 p.m. Grand 10 and 11 Marriott Marquis. On Sunday, July 23rd, I will be on a panel, The Rise of LGBTQ Comics and Animation for Young Audiences, from 10 to 11 a.m. in Room 10. Also, all weekend, while supplies last, you can pick up a copy of Begin Transmission from Prism Comics Booth 2144, and I will have them with me at all signings, but again, only while supplies last. Okay, thank you so much for listening. We will be back here in two weeks. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. Milestones abound. I've just passed two big dates that are pretty close together, and that means it's time to take stock of where we're at. So here's my three years out and on HRT check-in. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, my traveling partner on this trek through the wilderness of life, Susan Bridges. Hello! Our returning guest is Caitlin Carroll. She's a marketing and communications executive that leads RTI international efforts to better enhance and improve the workplace experiences and lived realities for historically excluded populations. Her work currently focuses on enhancing communications that support racial justice initiatives and support the LGBTQIA community. In addition to her current role, she's served as a marketing director and CEO for national and international trans rights organizations and is presented to European Union delegates on hate crimes and violence experienced by the trans community internationally, the Oriactus. Maybe I got it right? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> 
on trans rights in healthcare and U.S. Embassy Dublin on ways to better enhance trans rights and legal protections. She's a storyteller and an activist that hopes to continue to share trans stories that lead to transformative education and social change. Outside of work, she creates art and poetry and is a self-declared nerd who loves all things DC Comics, cyberpunk, and Transformers. Welcome back, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Okay, so I just have to say DC Comics, cyberpunk, and Transformers are all also very much my jam. So I appreciate yeah. a lady of refined taste. Um, what 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 has drawn you to those specifically? Do you find similar things in each of them that sort of hit what you're looking for in in media? Yeah, yeah. So I think DC. I was was raised by a DC family, if I could say it that way. Um, my my grandpa was actually like a huge Batman fan. Oh, that's so um, cool. And one of the one of the things that he like gave me as a kid was also this nightlight that my dad had, and it was this this plastic Batman nightlight from, I think, probably the very first season of the 66 oh, Batman wow. Adam West one. Wow. So I just remember having that, and he had, like, this first bound. I think it, it was, like, a graphic novel, but it was all black and white, this little tiny thing. It was, like, the first five issues of the Batman comics from the 1940s. So that, that made me fall in love with DC. Um, and I think kind of in years since, I've seen them to actually put their money where their mouth is in terms of supporting LGBTQIA plus and trans characters in particular. Yeah. I don't feel like it's been been tokenized. Yes, they've had missteps, but I think where they are now, especially with like DC Pride issues that come out, they're on such a good track of of showing our lives in a really cool way. Um so I've always loved that. Transformers as well was just something I always loved because it was like these are beings that can just they can change. They can change. They're, they're yeah, it's weird that we both yeah. really dug that. Yeah. And then like the whole the whole RC story arc. Um and RC actually being a trans Cybertronian and Is she now talking about I did not yes, know that. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, I always was, loved her. I think it Yeah, it's almost been it it'll be close to twenty years soon. It was a story in the early two thousands by IDW and oh, I missed it. RC's whole origin story and she talked about how she was forged and never identifying with it and how she tried to like search out these other doctors and how this one doctor experimented on her and the challenges that led to. And I was like, sounds like the 1970s in trans healthcare. So, so she's now, she's now an out trans character with like a lovely little transformer girlfriend. <gasps> so that was exciting. That's so also so seeing cool. her. She was always yeah. like, I loved her so much. And now she's like officially yeah. trans. I love her even more. Oh my God. I got to go find yeah. those comics. And then she was in Rise of the Beast, which just came out yeah. and has a big role. And I was like, yeah. Um, and then of course, cyberpunk, as you can tell, and our listeners can't, my cyberpunk hand tattoos. They're very cool. I think I think, yeah, like all of Edge Runners in 2077 and a lot of the genre has been, it's so expansive. Yeah. Um, they, they understand people are different, especially like that that game. I think I'm like 220 hours into it and the ability to like modify your body and have trans characters is yeah. also something I hadn't seen in like the other video game universe. So yeah, that's how I, actually, I came to those nerdinesses. Yeah, if if uh, for the people listening, I did an old Trans Tuesday about good representation in media, and it's all about my experience with Cyberpunk 2077 and how important mm -hmm. um, Claire's story was and having that truck with the trans flag yes. on it meant yes. so much to me. 
That's my go-to car whenever it's like, yes, hey, that was all, all I vehicles. drove once I had yes. it. <laughs> it's, it's either the Akira motorcycle or the Trans Beast. I'm like, let me get in that SUV and just go. I, I go tried, you know, I'd be like, I'd get in a different car in the game and I'd be like, no, this yeah. is wrong. I need my trans truck. I'm <laughs> going back. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. So for you, uh, what has been the most surprising thing about your transition? Most surprising? Um honestly just being seen for myself um and affirmed um by new people um and not having to consistently explain who i am yeah um like just being seen and and read correctly and like oh like i am who i am um has just been wonderful um that's been like the biggest surprise is i guess my biggest fear was that I would always have to explain who I was to people sure. um, over and over and over again. And now having friends that are just like, that's who you are. Yeah. Um, or meeting people in public that, that don't, don't ask those invasive questions. I've been like, this has been, been probably like the biggest positive, I would think. Yeah. It's, you know, I think when, when you start transitioning, you, it's something we all hope for, but you never know if it's actually going to happen. And when it does, it, it is really yeah. surprising. Like I got invited yeah both of us went to an event that was like all for nerdy geeky women and i was like wait a minute when i was there i'm like wait i'm yeah. here i they accept me as yeah. a woman this is amazing so yeah it was yeah. and I, that was really surprising i because you you mm -hmm. hope but you never know if it's going to happen and when it does it just blows yeah. your mind okay so if you could give one piece of advice to people who are just starting their transitions what would it be don't expect everything all at once. Yeah. Um, and that's and hard. I think kind right. of, yeah. And I think kind of like a sub, a sub point within that is also understand that all of the transition timeline photos you see or videos or especially things of like big celebrities, that's not necessarily how fast it's going to be yeah. um, and not how drastic it's going to be. So the so understanding that transitioning it isn't just about how we look. It is about being who we are and, and coming to that acceptance and understanding of embodying who you are exactly as, as that is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it takes time to figure that out sometimes. You know, you, you learn new things about yourself along the way. And so yeah. you may not end up where you thought you would, but as long as you get to where you, you want to be, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so remind folks again uh, where they can find you online afterward if they would like to do so. Yeah, definitely look me up on LinkedIn. Um, anyone can find me there, Caitlin Carroll backslash Caitlin Carroll 48 on LinkedIn um, or on Facebook, Caitlin Carroll. Yes, there are probably millions of us. Um, <laughs> but if you do drop me a message and say you heard me on the podcast, I will definitely give you a give you a friend request. So Yeah, yeah. You want to see her amazing cyberpunk hand tattoos. They're so yes. cool. Um, yeah. I bet they hurt a lot, though, on the hands. Why, wildly enough, they didn't. Really? And, like, the tattoo artist who was doing mine, like, I was just sitting there, and, like, they were out, and he was like, do you need a break? And I was like, for what? And he was like, for your hands. And they also didn't swell up, so. That's amazing. I, I don't know how it happened. I don't know if it's going to happen for anyone else. But I just went in with it. Yeah. And I was like, let's just keep going. It's like so, mine comes up to just the yeah. edge of, of my wrist and that hurts so bad yeah. I thought it was gonna scream. Yeah. So I'm okay. Well, it's like you're a badass. I have this 
I have this crystal tattoo, and when they got into the elbow, yeah, dip, yeah, I got a little bit right on the here, inside too. Yeah, that hurts like I hell. To, I wanted to cry, yeah. but like the the mono wire, the hands, I was like, oh, it's fine. We could we can go longer. That's it's all that MMA fighting you did. You know, you toughened your hands up. <laughs> I guess I probably just can't feel them anymore. <laughs> they're just they're just there. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about where I met after being out publicly uh, and on HRT for three years. For reference, you may want to first read my one year out in on HRT and the two years out in on HRT Trans Tuesdays where you can see my progress over time. And if you're super new to these, please see the Trans Tuesdays on hormone replacement therapy and gender dysphoria so you know what we're talking about. In my two-year retrospective, I had monumental gains. This year... Well, things were good through the back half of 2022, but then I had two things happen that both caused transition setbacks, which I talked about in the Trans Tuesday on that very topic last week, episode 28. Thankfully, things seem to be settled now, hopefully at a good equilibrium. Um, my arm is healed, my exercise is back where it was, and my head feels like me, and I never actually lost sight of myself in photos or mirrors like I was afraid of in that thread on setbacks. But it still sucks that I had such a backslide. And yeah, it's normal and happens through all parts of life, transition or otherwise. But that doesn't just make it easy to accept. Because of course, then all I do is wonder where I'd be now if I hadn't backslid. But then I also remember that that backslide came with gains that I couldn't have gotten any other way. In breast and hip growth, so maybe it was worth it. I don't know. We should have to lose some gains to get others, but life never said it was fair. Shaving my face doesn't give me dysphoria still. I figured out how to fix that last year, but I still resent having to do it every single day in the 20 to 25 minutes it eats up every single morning. If you look back at my two-year check-in from last year, you'll see I'd finally hit the arbitrary level of testosterone I needed to be below before our health insurance would cover laser hair removal and electrolysis for my face. Except now, per that threat on setbacks, my T level is no longer below that arbitrary barrier some cis doctors somewhere thought every trans woman needed to be at before she'd earned the right to not have facial hair again. I'm still salty about it. But you know what else I'm still salty about? It's COVID, which is not over, especially if you live with an immunocompromised person. I still cannot sit indoors for dozens of hours with a mask off while my facial hair is zapped away. Three years I've been waiting and I'm no closer to being able to do that than when I started. I'm getting really fed up with how our society has just decided to move on and left so many people behind as if they don't deserve to exist in public, too. It's me. I'm the immune-compromised person. Yeah, but that's not your fault. It's just how you are, and society has decided they don't need to care about your health anymore, and that's that's. It is crap. exhausting. Yeah. You have to check everything everywhere. Yeah. Do it's rough. Only morning appointments, be the only person wearing a mask. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Yeah. I know. But please, see the Trans Tuesday on the unique problems of transitioning during a global pandemic that has brought me for more info on that. Now that the two big setbacks I experienced this year are mostly behind me, facial hair removal continues to be the biggest part of my transition that I need to get taken care of. But I've seen some other trans ladies talking about an at-home laser hair removal system that seems to actually work. Not as well as getting it done professionally, but it works. And I'm so, so sick of waiting. So I may give that a go and hope it helps. Uh, now, Caitlin, you mentioned before that you had um, some laser and electrolysis done. How did that whole situation go for you? Yeah, so laser and electrolysis actually went really well. Um, I was also lucky. I think there there now is a generic brand medication for this thing called Vaniqua, Vaniqua. Um, and it, it's used a lot in intersex people or people that have PCOS. Um, 
and you can put it on your face after you shave, you let it sit for 10 minutes and it rapidly flows hair growth. Um, so I think doing that. Yeah. And they, they sell it, I think over the counter now, some places um, to get it, but, but yeah, so doing that with like the laser, when I was able to do it, it, it only took about seven sessions for laser to completely wipe out my face. Wow. Um, then there was like some changes with insurance. So I haven't gotten back to continuing electrolysis, but it is at a good enough point that I don't have that dysphoria yeah. of, am I going to wake up and have double or is my foundation going to be showing these blue little dots yep, yep. when I'm out in public because it, it might be vain as a trans person to be like, I'm worried about how my makeup looks, but also living in the deep South, I'm always kind of like having that in the back of my mind, yeah. like making sure there's nothing that someone can can momentarily see. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like having the laser and having that medication has been been really great to help me kind of feel a lot better with like the way that process is going. And when I get back on it, it it's exciting because it will take less time and hopefully less money then. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that medication because I've never mm -hmm. heard of it. And now I'm going to talk to my doctor about it. And hey, guess what? This yeah. is this is anecdotal trans healthcare because our doctors don't tell us we learn from each other. OK, I, that's a yeah. refrain I keep yelling about yeah. episode after episode. OK, well, my body hair growth, which got much faster during my HRT setback, has slowed back down a little, but it's not as slow as it was before then. And I'm not sure I can get it back there again anytime soon. This might be my new normal, at least for a while. But again, hormones are weird, so I don't really know. If this is the new normal, I'm not happy about it, but I think it's something I can live with. As long as I'm getting the other benefits I want from the micronized progesterone. There's a Trans Tuesday about my specific issues with body hair if you'd like more information. Okay, let's talk about photos. There are two past Trans Tuesdays on that for you to read. The first is just about the difficulty many trans people have seeing ourselves in photos and reflections, myself included. And the second, Photos 2, a.k.a. The Selfie Apocalypse, is from early in 2022 when something somewhere clicked and photo dysphoria went away entirely for reasons unknown. Thankfully, this has remained constant for me, even through my HRT setback. I still see me, she's still there, and I'm still only tossing out photos because they're bad photos and not because they give me dysphoria. I really lucked out there, and I will never take it for granted. One thing I've noticed, though, in doing all the promotional interviews for my book this year is that most of them were being done via video conferencing like Zoom. And I still apparently have a lot of dysphoria revolving around video. I had to do them with my camera off. I can handle it if it's friends or people I know, and I can maybe struggle through it if the video won't be posted anywhere, though that's still really difficult. But it's not easy and not okay. Something about photos combined with motion and voice just sets it off, and I hope it goes away eventually. If you want to see the ways in which that's already caused other problems for me, or rather the ways in which cis people refusing to accommodate my dysphoria has caused problems for me, please see the Trans Tuesday on performative allyship. I want to ask you, Caitlin, how photos and videos have been for you. Are they, are they dysphoria inducing? Have you found them to get better over time? Yeah, so I would definitely say the same. I got to a point where taking photos, the dysphoria went away. It's so magical, um, isn't it? Was... it? It, it is like you look at this photo and you're like, oh, this is a bad photo, but it's not because you're thinking you see someone else. You're just like the lighting's not good. Right. I don't like how my makeup smeared. Yeah. And and it was so wild. Um. So, yeah. And I think for me, it too, it was like right around three years. It was finally that point where I was like, oh, cool. And, and being on board with that. For me, I don't think video or photos as much. 
but for me it actually is like doing something like this podcast is actually terrifying for me because i get the most dysphoria around my voice yeah yeah and always listening back to that while it sounds miles away from what it used to in my mind i think the struggle i still have is why can't it just sound like this this person that i like or this actress or anyone else why does that have to be different and why do we have to put so much effort into how we sound yeah especially because of really arbitrary social standards like a voice is a voice but for me that's that's the one that like i get a little bit worried about yeah well, um, later in this little check-in, we'll be talking about my issues with my own voice. So that is coming up in just a few minutes. But first, I want to do a body hacking check-in, which was also episode nine of this show. I'm still only getting a couple of 5Ks in a week rather than the four I want to be at, but I've been so busy with book promotion and writing and then the WGA strike on top of it, I just can't work any more of them into my schedule right now. I'm at least walking a lot when I'm out on the WGA picket line, so that's good, but running more often would also pose a problem with my hair, which takes a really long time to do, and the hair product I use is expensive. So it's not feasible for me to wash and style it every day. Twice a week is about right, but when I run, I get sweaty. And so what do I do? I don't know. I'm not sure if actually running four days a week would be possible now, given all of that. It's very vexing. But my hair is uh, still super important to me and is still the part of my body I love the most. You can see its growing importance to me in the original Trans Tuesday on it and in the follow-up when I got my first real haircut and how much it made me feel like me. When I can run, my 5K times still continue to rise. Not as dramatically as they did last year, but I'm still getting slower. I hate it, but there's nothing I can do about it. HRT has totally sacked my running speed. A reminder that this is just some of the evidence why the whole trans people in sports thing is a complete non-issue that's really only about punishing trans women and upholding sexist patriarchal gender roles. Yes, there's a Trans Tuesday on that too. I've had my tattoo for a while now. It's still relatively new at the two-year check-in. And you can read the Trans Tuesday about the entire process of deciding to get it and why it took me so long. It's all wrapped up in bodily autonomy. What's really interesting is now photos of myself, even ones that I really like post-transition without my tattoo, feel wrong. They feel like they're not really me. I mean, they are, and it's not gender dysphoria per se, but it's definitely something. I mean, I guess that confirms I was right to get it. It was absolutely what I wanted, but I'm trying to parse why photos of me without it feel wrong. If I'm ever able to figure it out, there will likely be a Trans Tuesday about it. And and Caitlin, uh, we've talked a little bit about your tattoos. And they're really cool. And but did you have you found them that they they're tied into your sense of identity? Do you see them as part of who who you are, or more like a a decoration or an adornment, like a permanent piece of clothing? Yeah. So I see them in like a, a lot of multiple, like a multiple different ways. Um, being a little bit witchy, I see them as as part of my armor. Okay. Um, so like the different ones I've gotten, I think I, I see them as like their their sources of empowerment. Um, so like. I have crystals with vervain and nightshade, which is like a reminder of like, I have this power, I have power of truth, I have power of poison, what am I using that for? Or like a KitchenAid tattoo that reminds me of my mom and like those times in the kitchen. Yeah. But then I have like vampire tattoos or Wonder Woman and Batwoman and Harley and Ivy and like embodying their attributes when I go out in the world of like, I'm I'm this person that like, you can't, you can't stop me. Yeah. Um, so kind of have looked at that and I have a couple of goddess tattoos as well. Um, but yeah, it was also weird because I only had three tattoos before I, I came out and now I'm at 20. Wow. So 
kind of the fun part over the last seven, eight years has been getting those tattoos that represent me, but also do some of that other work of their art, their adornment, but they're also empowering um, is how I've looked at them. Yeah. Do you feel weird seeing photos of you without them? Like older photos where you don't have yeah. the newer ones? Does it feel like that's something, something's off there? Yeah, like older photos without them, I'm just like, wait, something's missing. Yeah. And it was really weird. Like even even getting like the hand tattoos, like when they finished, I was like, part of me was like, oh, hand tattoos, they're socially unacceptable and I'm never going to get a job again. But there was this other part of like, they needed to be there. Yeah. And it was weird, like looking at my hands going like, no, they've always been there. Um, so yeah, like it is, it's nice seeing them reflected as like, oh no, that's, that's me. Like that's who I've always been. And yeah, without them, I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's not, that's, that's early form. I haven't evolved yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk confidence. In my first Trans Tuesday on it, you can see me realizing all the ways I'd made myself small when I was saddled with dysphoria and how even early into transition, I could see it changing. And then you can see the unexpected surprising follow-up as my confidence grew in the Trans Tuesday on Into the Unknown, aka What is Happening, aka A Whole New World. I'm happy to say this has held steady from last year. I'm still super happy to talk to new people in ways I never was pre-transition. In fact, just a little while back, I spent an entire shift on the WGA picket lines talking to someone I'd never met before. Like, we spent four hours talking and now we're friends. We just hit it off and it was never uncomfortable. Even when the conversation would hit a lull for a bit, the silence was never awkward. It was comfortable. And then we'd pick up talking about something else. It was really great. And let me tell you, I could have never done something like that pre-transition. Ever. Even if the other person took the lead, I'd climb up and shut down at the first opportunity. I'm very glad to see that that seems to be permanent for me. Did you notice confidence changes, Caitlin? Yeah, absolutely. I used to just be that person that would, would hide in the corner yep. or yep. not want to talk. But but now I feel like there's part of me I want to share with others. Yes. So I found myself being like way more outgoing, like in different places or even even at work, which I used to never do. Like I'll start talking about different things that I've done on the weekend as opposed to just like, oh, it was a laid back weekend. Um, yeah. And it's been great to be able to start to build out those new connections because I don't know, like I feel like I'm fully there and, and excited to be me rather than like, don't perceive me. I'm like, it's okay to perceive me now. Yeah. Per perception was painful back then. You know, you're yeah. like, don't see me because then I have to pretend to be this person I don't want to be. Exactly. Yeah. Like I have to put on this character that is the worst character in the sitcom. Why can't we just break them off the show? <laughs> yeah. And now it's like you walk around with this giant flashing neon sign that says, see yeah. me, please. Yeah. Okay. Voice check-in. Okay, here we go. This one's actually been big. And I might not have realized without writing this out. You can see my first Trans Tuesday on voice when I was just starting voice therapy and how my old voice made me dysphoric. And then you can see the follow-up Trans Tuesday voice to hearing the true you about when I was done with therapy, but still had and still have more work to do. I'm getting pretty consistent with hitting all the techniques I've learned, and my voice usually makes me really happy. I was able to launch these Trans Tuesdays as a podcast, which is amazing, and I couldn't have done that before. The few podcasts I was already doing for our production company were difficult for me, but I could have never taken hearing myself on a weekly basis, and I did not have the stamina to maintain all the techniques for that long anyway. But my stamina for it has grown by leaps and bounds. It still falters sometimes, and occasionally I will hear my voice slipping when I'm forgetting one of the things I need to be doing. I'm sure you folks listening out there can hear me slip up sometimes when listening to this show. I'm repeating myself, okay? 
Anyway. You like to do that. Oh, yeah. All right. You know. <laughs> anyway, um, but I can hear how much more it falters when my voice is clearly tired. But on the whole, I'm pretty happy with it, and I know it's going to keep getting better. And it's to the point now where I believe I can actually record the audiobook for my book. Before, I never thought I would have been able to. It's slow going, and I have to do, you know, portions at a time. But it's completely doable now, and it never was before. And that's amazing. And yes, I figure since I never shut up about it, uh, you could see the Trans Tuesday threads on the trans allegory of the Matrix films that got me a book deal. And that book is now out, and it's called Begin Transmission, the Trans Allegories of the Matrix. And the audiobook is coming as soon as I can get it all recorded, schedule and voice permitting. So, Caitlin, you talked a little bit about your voice before, but do you still have other goals? Are you in therapy? Are you doing, like, practice? Where, where are you at with that? Yeah, I'm still doing some practice. I've considered kind of doing some additional coaching. Um, luckily, like, we have a really cool um, organization here in North Carolina called Prismatic Speech Services. They're run by a non-binary person, and they do all of this voice coaching. Oh, that's great. And it's really affordable. They do sliding scale stuff, I believe. Um, and that was where I really went to when I first started, because here in North Carolina, there's this place called Cookout, and it's like a little drive through burger joint. They have the worst speakers in the world. And, yeah. you know, you're just like driving down the road. You're just like, I really want to have like this burger or this milkshake, but I would be scared to death because I didn't want to get misgendered yeah, going Yeah, it was into so that. hard. I still make Susan order when yeah. we go places most of the time because I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to risk it. Yeah. Well, and it's also a volume yeah. thing versus mm -hmm. you have trouble with the volume. Yeah, I do. I, I can't really be very loud still without yeah. it getting bad voice. So sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I finally got to the point where I was able to order and they're like, yeah, just pull around, ma'am. And I was like, oh, thank the God. That's a blessing. <laughs> yes. Like that was the high point. Um, so continuing to kind of work on that. And I do kind of have a slight want to maybe pursue like vocal feminization surgery um just because i don't know how many more things i could do to get it yeah to change the way i want to um but again like i still feel a lot more confident with my voice now than where it was when i first came out which is really affirming too like all of the voice techniques and the, like the practice that I have to do daily, it's like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's so yeah. tough. Have you found that the same? Yeah, it is because you think you're in a range and then like you'll look at something you're like, oh, it's, it's actually lower. Yeah. But is that lower because my microphone's there? But also like you have to be so much more hydrated. I yes. was someone that was always forgetting to drink water and I would realize if I wasn't hydrated, how much worse like my voice would sound yeah. or how much I wasn't able to actually do those exercises. Um, but yeah, like figuring out what to do with our vocal cords has been really hard because we never had thought about it yeah. before. Now thinking about how do they move or right. what are they inflecting has been a challenge. Yeah, it's really tough. And also like all of transition, it's a really slow progress. Yeah. You will not see fast results. So if anybody is just getting into yeah. it or thinking about it, please be patient. You will not see results right away, but over time, uh, you you can be really surprised where, where it can go. Okay, so regarding my HRT, as I talked a bit about in the previously linked threads on setbacks, my breast growth has continued and I have tiny little hips now, which I never did before. I still have nothing in my butt, though. There's barely one to speak of, and I'm still mad about it. As I mentioned last year, my style in terms of clothing is still evolving, although I think it's always evolving somewhat for most of us. 
but I think I'm finally maybe honing in on it. Last year I said it might be a future Trans Tuesday, and now it definitely will, probably soonish. But I do want to mention one thing that I've never talked about in these retrospectives before, and that's how I wish I'd started them earlier. I think it's so important to chronicle these things, both the good and the bad, to help people, trans and cis, to see what it's really like. And there were so many years of transition where I wasn't doing this, and I'd have loved to remember better how it was going for me. Because my personal transition, as I've mentioned many times, started in 2015. And up until I came out publicly in 2020, I wasn't writing about my transition or anything trans-related. I felt I didn't have the right to since the world still saw me as a cisgender man. But I'd love to be able to look back and see what I was going through then in better detail than my memory now allows. What struggles and triumphs did I find? I think it'd be fascinating to see. But the past is the past and I can't change that. So, yeah. I'm gonna wonder though, because I'm sure, especially before any hormones or social changes, I was also experiencing highs and lows and setbacks and advancements, which might provide me some reassurance now. In any case, we march on ever forward, even if the path gets winding and seems to double back sometimes, ever closer to the truest me I've ever been. Thanks for being here, Caitlin. Thank you. You can go to the Google Doc and social media version of this week's topic to see my new timeline photo with a bonus pre-transition photo that I've added so you can truly see more of the changes. And I can still see the changes in my eyes, thank goodness. That's Tilly, that's me. And no matter what, I'm not going anywhere. And remember, if I can do it, so can you. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Julian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at Tilly'sTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.